0: Welcome everyone. This is the 31 Days of Dread, and I am your host, Peter A. DeLuca, aka Pad. <laughs> And this is where we do one horror movie a day for the entire month of October. That's 30, if you can't count, that's 31 movies celebrating the greatest genre of them all, the greatest experimentational platform of them all, the greatest young filmmaker discoverer of them all. It is horror, 31 days coming at you. Look out ghouls and ghosts, it gets spooky. All right, everyone, coming out of that intro hot. Th- this is what I call the telethon portion of the podcast. This is where I pitch myself to you for your support. Your support means everything to me because we're we're, we're fighting. The AKA Pad Army is fighting against algorithms everywhere. Algorithms, I, I, I ate some cereal earlier today. I dumped it into my bowl and it was full of algorithms. Okay, bad joke. All right sharing this podcast telling your friends about it leaving comments leaving reviews this is how we grow aka pads audio audacity your support there is more valuable than 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 anything other than like a high five in person because i'd love a high five in person here we go all systems are ready one the Days of Dragon. We're talking malignant. Now, this is a part of a huge block because, I mean, I, I kind of did notice it when I saw Aquaman, a James Bond movie. And then, you know, like, along the way, I just found myself always watching and rewatching Fast and Furious 7. Uh, because I love that intro so much with Jason Stratham breaking out of the uh, prison hospital. And it's almost like a. Uh, like a flashback uh, intro, you know, like the path of destruction, and but it's amazing. It's cool. Uh, excuse me for saying amazing, but I really do like that scene. And then, like you know, like I, like a year ago, I did some of the Sinister movies. I said I did Sinister one and two. Re-explored Sinister one, but really wasn't connecting dots until I I watched this movie. And I, I just had to research this guy, I, it, like, only because, I don't know, it's just something I do when I watch movies, and I'm not looking for any type of, like, validation or anything, because, you know, like, at this point, I kind of know, I, you know, like, I can kind of, like, sniff out the the trends on social media, so... Everyone on social media really like trashed this movie, including Red Letter Media, uh, who did reference intent. It blew my mind, because we've been talking intent uh, on this podcast for a very long time when it comes to watching and receiving, receiving a movie into your brain, into your gray matter. You have to consider intent first. So... You know, like, he's watching this movie and going through his filmography and pretty much realizing that the guy, the, you know, like, you're behind Saw. And then this whole, like, conjuring uh, Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole, like, you know, like, opened up right underneath me, and I fell right into it. And I knew of it. So when I was scripting out the episodes... Like, you know, doing my producer, wearing my producer hat. You got to wear different hats, people. And, yeah, I said, like, well, like, let's open up with a, like, a a, a three-movie James Bond block. Let's just do Malignant, Conjuring, Conjuring 2. And then it was, like, Conjuring 3. And I'm like, you know, like, it is period... It is is a period piece that that does look and feel like it is within the period. You know, long criticism of mine is that modern-day period movies just never land. Visually, which is why they're so heavy on music from the uh, times. So, and then it was, like, The Conjuring Universe. So, I watched, like, Conjuring 2 and got, like, fascinated by the demon in that. So I had like I watched the Nun, and then I'm like, you know, if I'm watching the Nun, I have to watch Annabelle Creation, and then it's like, you know, I really should do Chris Rock and Spiral, because what the hell is he doing in a freaking Saul movie? But he's there, and yeah, James Bond like wasn't the, yeah, like he's one of the producers of Spiral, but it doesn't matter. Because it's, it's still his wheelhouse. It's it's under his, like, belt. It's his. And then, to further go in, well, Saul's like a billion-dollar franchise. So is The Conjuring. You know, like, I don't think anyone, maybe outside of, like, Wes Craven, between Scream and Nightmare, uh, you know, like, I, I mentioned this on uh, the previous episode. So, like, this, I you know, like, this... this character that I formed in my mind of who James Wan is like was solidified like modern day horror genius and this movie like you know you have something when it's trashed when it's maligned when you have those low-ball opinions even showing up on your Facebook feed from your Facebook friends populating like your consciousness red letter media did what they did you know like they, they, they i think red letter was more confused by the movie than anything but then again it's like well like you know like you're you're watching a movie you, you have to release yourself you have to dump everything and go in fresh and and envision a world where you don't know everything about every movie And we have this, like, split. that This is why, like, we see it happening with Venom now. Where critics try to tear down Venom and the audience picks it up. I mean, technically, it did happen with Shang-Chi, too. Or Shang-Chi. So, these things are real. And it doesn't mean these movies are masterpieces. But it does definitely uh, mean something when they're an audience pleaser. And look, look. People retro... Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark right now. They retro that into a potential... Uh, should have won the Academy Award for Best Picture. And it's like... Like, no. <laughs> no. Star Wars should never have... It, it's funny it got nominated. It's it, fine. It, it didn't win. It didn't deserve to win. I'm sorry. Star Wars, not better than Amy Hall. Like, moving... Or, or, was it Annie Hall or Manhattan? Whatever. I love both of those movies. But, like... It, you get my point. So this movie, I mean, I, I have to say it. We're going to say right now. Malignant is James Wan's next billion-dollar franchise if the next Aquaman, uh, I think it's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, doesn't uh, pick up what the first movie didn't do or add to it and then also cross the billion-dollar barrier. I mean, think about that. I mean, the, the guy could have four four billion dollar franchises it's insane and he's so freaking young and i'm hoping he doesn't you know overflow into drugs and uh you know get some of that 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 maui wowi and blackout for the rest of his life i'm hoping he, he stays the path so this movie i mean it's so rapid it's bizarre the the filmmaking within the movie is expert because the mo- the movie has a there's a technical aspect to this and there's also like a technical aspect to what the story is and what the hook is what what malignant actually is within the movie there's there's a storytelling hook to it and it's tough you know it's a very technical script it's a technical resolution Be- and technically like this movie ends i mean if they made a sequel like should we just call the sequel right now the sequel for malignant scene one act one the girl is in a mental asylum she's been charged with mass murder because that's literally what happens at the end of this movie she's worldwide known for killing a whole police station i'm sorry terminator we have a better slaying of police officers. Finally. <laughs> Finally, James Cameron has been put to rest. We have our ultimate PD slaying scene ever in Malignant. And then it's it's a, um, you know, the, the, the creature that's inside of her helps her escape. And that's, and they, they actually team up that's <laughs> that's the plot for malignant too but if they make a sequel there's no way this girl isn't being like she's in the mental asylum like from the beginning there, there is no way she can get out of the perception of what's happening like it's not okay whatever but see like it, it's such an interesting starting point for a sequel too this movie did all the work in, in building this idea, and the idea is so crazy, and it's it's cra- it's as crazy as it's fun. And I think if you don't like it, you're not separating yourself. You're there's something in front of you preventing you from enjoying this, and it has nothing to do like people always want to say plot acting, and it's like shut up, like you don't know editing. I don't know editing. I edit movies and footage every single day. I'm exaggerating a tad. Okay, it's it's hard to pinpoint any type of editing, uh, like criticism. It really is. It's nearly impossible when it comes to acting. When people are like, "Oh, I wish I wish there was more character development. I wish the actors weren't so stiff." Like okay like sure um you know like you don't think like everyone's always acting and and like you know like everyone's always acting so there's a baseline now there's a level of like quality that might come around the acting that that you know like the the story and and plot and situation that kind of Moves along quick enough. Look, look, I just watched the um, that Sopranos movie, and like Ray Liotta in that movie, it like he's he, he's almost like Nicolas Cage, he's it's like he's so over the top. But no one's going to say that, no one's going to say about that. in Saints of Newark, they're not, but but this movie challenges all of these things, and that, that's also why it's important. Um, it's powerful. It's super powerful because this is a movie that was dropped on HBO Max. It, it's a part of that that this new rhythm, this uh, I don't know, like HBO Max shattered the glass when it comes to how to do these rollouts. Every one of them seems to be a success. The ones that aren't just kind of disappear. Like there was the Angelina Jolie movie, like really, we don't the Jared Leto movie, the Nicholas um Denzel Washington Jared Leto movie, we kind of let pass. But you know, King Kong, Mortal Kombat, this they seem to be on the run. They legit seem to be on the run of these interesting like blockbuster rollouts that are like crowd pleasers, but they're not over the top crowd pleasers, but they're enough to sustain the app. So it's that's what I mean. It's important, it's a timely drop. I think this movie's going to grow and grow and grow, just like in you know Mark Wahlberg in in Boogie Nights, and it's it's a hell of a lot of fun. The violence is great. Uh, the 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 sequence at the end is awesome. There's a, a really cool freaking chase scene through, uh, you know, the, the underground city of uh, Seattle. I think they're in like or San Francisco or some shit, but it's cool. It's visual. It's a horror concept. It's something we've never seen before like okay like this is also a criticism how often do we hear things aren't original we we shouldn't do adaptations we we have to do original things okay here's something you literally never seen before you never if you've seen it you've seen it in a different fashion if you're comparing it to basket case if you're comparing it to Total Recall it's a surface level comparison. Like, same as comparing the Samaritan in Astro City and Superman because they're wearing a cape. And they're the same character. They're not. I've read both. I know both. Through and through. They're not. So, and, you know, like, and that type of pushback pisses people off. It really does. So, everyone, um, <laughs> check this out. Tomorrow, The Conjuring. The day after that, The Conjuring three or two <laughs> i can't count the day the die, conjuring three then we're gonna get into the nun then we're gonna do annabelle then we're gonna do spiral it's a james bond love fest but hey we have a lot to say oh by the way uh stephen king tweeted out about this i'm gonna quote this tweet i watched malignant on hbo and thought it was brilliant that's stephen king ignore him for his political opinions we don't want that I mean, here, here's another tweet about Ron DeSantis. Okay. Right, we all want that from you, Stephen King. We love your horror opinions. Keep those coming. Everyone, rock and roll. We're going. Let's do this. And to continue this telethon, when we're not talking about high 5. There's other ways to support me. I, I'm a living professional. I'm a full-time freelancer. Anything you see on this like here on this podcast or see my social media. I, I make everything, it's all made by me. That's a part of my pitch to you. And you can purchase professional services through akapad.com, that's a pipeline to me if you want to send me a message. But also while you're there, you can sign up for my newsletter, you're gonna get deals, you're gonna get coupons, you're gonna get two free trading cards mailed to you, free, worldwide. And they are two Wolfpack trading cards, two original characters, yeah, you know, for upcoming comic book work. And speaking of comic books, you can go to Etsy, type in Uzi Suzy, and that's where you're gonna find my mini comic. You can purchase existing issues and pre-order upcoming issues along with bundles, if you missed any, like issue one, two, or three, or whatever. There Uzi Suzy is waiting for you, and keep an eye on Indiegogo. A lot of my bigger comic book projects will be available through Indiegogo, all of those updates will be here on this podcast. So if you're a regular listener, I'll let you know we can rock and roll from there. So everyone, thank you so much and feel free to reach out to me on social media, aka pad69, Instagram, and Xbox. That's right, you can play Halo with me. Just straight up aka pad on Twitter, straight up aka pad on the Facebook. My business page is there, my personal page is there. Hey be a personal friend of mine i don't care let's talk movies let's talk creativity let's talk fun and just who cares do you like you know the transformer movies i love them we can talk about that all night so meet me there and we'll rock and roll let's get talking we got a movie to discuss